Thank you, praise team. Good to see you. Good morning, Kavanaugh. How we doing? Awesome, man. Good to be in the Lord's house today, and uh, I'm certainly glad that you showed up. <laughs> It'd be hard for me to do this without you out there, but uh, I would. Thanks for coming. Hey, I, before we even get going today, I want us to have a, a, a special prayer uh, in our, our staff prayer that we always have Sunday mornings before services. I ask the staff to pray for uh, uh, three of our guys who... Uh, answered the call to preach from this church and are now pastoring. It's Brother Kendall, Brother Dave, and Brother Mason. So let's just pause right now and remember these guys. Uh, uh, they either are preaching right now or will be preaching in Ozark, in Ada, and in Oklahoma City today. And they're part of us. I mean, you, you've had a tremendous touch on their lives and I know they are thankful for Kavanaugh Church and for you. And you know what? They're really thankful that you're praying for them today. So let's just bow our heads and pray for these three men, their churches, and also ask God to bless us right here at Kavanaugh Church as well. Stacy, would you stand and lead us in this prayer? Amen. And let's pray that God call many more young men and young women, and even some older folks, to go out into the kingdom and do the work of the Lord. Uh, these are the dog days of summer, aren't they? Are you ready for them to be over with? Uh, Nathan, I'm glad school's about to start too, man. That, uh, that, that means that all this is about to end and we're going to get back into a routine. Uh, during these dog days of summer, though, I've been preaching from the prophet Jeremiah in his great book. I didn't mean to do this. Uh, it just kind of fell on us after July 1st. I preached from Jeremiah and I thought, you know what, this, this is so important and it is so good and applicable not only to the church but to our country. We're just going to hang out with Jeremiah this summer and that's what we've been doing. And so today we're going to be back in Jeremiah. I'm going to talk about straying sheep and irresponsible shepherds. Jeremiah's job was to feed the children of Israel feed the Old Testament church, but what he fed them was bitter to their taste. It was like eating something sour. Have you ever had something that was bitter or sour that you put in your mouth? <laughs> you, you know? So that's the response that Jeremiah was getting from the people of God as he fed them God's word. They, they didn't particularly like it. Here's the kicker. Some Sunday mornings when I'm preaching, you look just like that. <laughs> Open your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 23. Uh, Jeremiah comes on the scene at a particularly bitter time when Judah was being ruled by ungodly and very ineffective kings. God is in the process of disciplining his people because they have turned their backs to God and not their faces. And you know what? Our God is a perfect father, isn't he? 
He is a perfect heavenly father. And so when he disciplines his children, he lets them know the reason why. And he's doing that through the prophet Jeremiah. So let's read what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 23. Uh, he is speaking for the Lord. The Lord is speaking to his people in this passage. Let's look beginning in verse number 1. I think I may just try to read it on the screen here. You follow along, all right? Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil that you have done, declares the Lord." I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord. When I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior, Jehovah Sidkani is his name. And God, may you bless the reading of your word. As I try to speak on the outside, would you please speak to our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get into this, let, let me try to share with you the big picture or the image that Jeremiah is painting here. God leads his people through leaders, okay? God chooses leaders who will then lead his people, Leaders are accountable to God for how they lead the people of God. And the people of God are accountable to God for how they follow the godly leaders that God puts over them. Is that clear? Yep. Well, that's what he's teaching us in this passage of Scripture. And I want you to see four pivotal principles that emerge in these verses. The first one is this. Our God, our Heavenly Father, has the heart of a shepherd, okay? God is the great shepherd. Notice in verse number 1 that the Lord refers to Israel as the sheep of my pasture. In verse 2, he refers to the shepherds who tend my people. Twice in verses 2 and 3, the Lord refers to Israel as my flock, so the bottom line that I'm trying to get you to see is this. God has the heart of a shepherd. Our God is a wonderful, great shepherd. Now, unfortunately, I think we have a pretty hard time grasping that principle because for most of us, the only sheep that we have ever seen is at a petting, petting zoo. Right? I mean, we, we don't raise sheep. We don't see a lot of sheep. We're from the south. We are familiar with a rancher. And his cattle, but a shepherd leading sheep, eh, not so much. 
So we need some help understanding this very important biblical image of God who draws us as sheep unto himself. Our God, who is a great shepherd, who watches over his flock. This image is found throughout the Bible. In fact, Jesus tells a story of a great shepherd who brought his flock in one night, and he counted them as they went into the pen. There were supposed to be 100, but he only counted 99. And so he left the 99 securely in the pen and went out and looked for that one lost sheep. Well, that's the way God is with us. He loves us and he cares for us. And here is the commitment that our great shepherd, God, has made for each of us, his sheep. He commits himself to lead us and to feed us and to care for us and to even protect us. Remember the image that we read in the Old Testament from one of the most familiar passages of the Bible, Psalm 23? I mean, it speaks vividly of this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Isn't that great? But now God's flock, the people of Jerusalem and Judah, are in a mess. They have rebelled against God. They, literally, they have not done what God told them to do. They've not acted responsibly as the people of God. They had literally turned their faces against God and their backs to God. And because of that, God was disciplining them. Some of them had already been taken out away into captivity. The Babylonians were about to come in from the north and invade Judah, destroy Jerusalem, and carry most of the people into captivity. But you know what? God is still our great shepherd. And God still loves his people. He already has a plan to rescue them. Look at chapter 23 that we just read, verses 3 and 4. God said, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Okay, so let me bring that down to us here today. You're here, right? If you're here, raise your hand. Just want to make sure you know you're here, all right, and that you're still with me. You're, you're awake. You're here in bodily form, but you know, maybe deep inside, you're far from here. I mean, you're, you're here in person, but you're far away from God spiritually. Maybe you've been under the discipline of God. Th things have not gone well for you because God is trying to get your attention. Remember this, God wants to lead you and feed you and care for you and even protect you. His greatest desire is for you to be fruitful, not for you to be fearful. But there's a problem. Here's the problem. People are just like sheep. Yeah, look, look at your neighbor and say, you look just like a sheep. No, don't say that to him. You know what? We are. People are like sheep. Is that not true? 
Now, here's what you don't know about sheep, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to sound tacky or mean towards sheep or people, but sheep are some of the dumbest animals on God's green earth. Literally, sheep are, are dumb, and, and they are the most defenseless animal on the earth. I read an article last night right before I went to bed. The t- title of the article was, Sheep, They Are Dumb, Directionless, and Defenseless. And I said, wow, that's just like us. Literally, is it not? That, that leads me to my second principle. People are just like sheep who stray. I, you know, I, I wish God would have likened us to some other kind of animal. <laughs> Maybe a lion, you know, or a cheetah or a bear. I don't know, something ferocious and big and, and can stand in solitude and take care of himself. But no. I really think God made sheep just to use them as an example of what people are like. Because this image is found through the Bible, isn't it? From Old Testament to New Testament, God tells us that people are just like sheep. And we know from reading Jeremiah that pagan idolatry, sexual immorality, and social injustice were all rampant in Jeremiah's time. You know what? God is disciplining his people because they were involved in it. These church people were doing exactly what God told them not to do. God said, don't worship foreign idols. Don't intermarry with pagans because you will begin to worship their idols. And guess what? That's the first thing the people of God started doing. Again, literally, this is the image Jeremiah has painted. And I know I've said it dozens of times, but literally, the people had turned their backs to God. Their faces were turned to a different direction. They were worshiping wood. You are my father, they said to a stick of wood. They were worshiping stones. You gave me birth. (laughs) You think, how could they be so dumb to do that? Because God had already told them, if you do this, I will discipline you. You're my people, my chosen ones. If you turn your backs on me, I will discipline. How dumb for them to do that. But you know what? That's who we are. We're just like sheep. And so God is disciplining them in the book of Jeremiah. You know, here's another thing. The Lord is going to hold the leaders responsible Because they were responsible as well. But you know what? It comes down to you. People are responsible for their own actions. There comes a point when kids can no longer blame bad behavior on parents. And parents can no longer blame bad behavior on others. You are responsible to God. Notice the Lord says in verse 3 that he is going to gather his people from out of all the countries where he has driven them. Right now they are scattered as a consequence of their own sin. They are scattered physically, but more tragically than that, they are scattered spiritually because they are far from God. They've drifted far from God. But you know what? We are like sheep, aren't we? And I think instinctively, even when a sheep wanders away, they still realize, you know what? I need to be back with the shepherd. The shepherd is the one who leads me and feeds me and cares for me and protects me. 
And I think instinctively, all of us have that inside of us. We have this vast need for God because God ultimately is the only one who can lead us and feed us and care for us and protect us. Alan Emery was a successful industrialist, but he learned so much from working on a sheep ranch for his father. One night he was out on the West Texas Plains with a shepherd and 2,000 of his father's sheep. The shepherd had some sheepdog there to help guide and guard the flock. And during the night, the, the dog started growling and barking, sensing a predator out amongst the sheep. And the sheep sensed this too because they started bleeding. And so the shepherd got up and put more logs on the fire and the, the fire began to be ablaze. And Emery said that he looked around and he saw hundreds, no thousands of little lights shining at him. He realized that it was the fire's reflection on the eyes of the sheep. In their danger, the sheep instinctively was looking for their point of safety, which was the shepherd. They were looking at the shepherd. You know what? The people of God in Jeremiah's day di 